This is 808s and Fast Breaks. My name is Jason Amar, and I am joined, as always, by my good friend, Andy Cordell. New episodes of 808s and Fast Breaks will be hitting your podcast feed each Tuesday morning with recaps of the week's NBA action, our spin cycle segment, where we become fans of a new team for each week, and plenty more. Today... We hit a full NBA season preview focused on three different tiers of teams, bottom feeders, play-in teams, and contenders, as well as gave our full seeding predictions for each conference, as well as our championship picks at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. Thank you, as always, for listening and enjoy the episode. Take two, back at it again. Yes, sir. Um, hopefully, my uh, dude, I, I'm like trying to be wary. It's dude, it's, I got, it's right where the court is right where I want to put my hand. It's like right where uh, I rest my hand. That's unfortunate. That's why it keeps happening. I think. Right. Um, but nah. Um, my my uh, audio interface keeps disconnecting. If if folks actually listen to this part of the podcast, so trying to make sure we got that good audio for you guys with the mics. Yes, sir. Um, but yeah. Uh, we are back podcasting. The NBA season is right around the corner. I believe we are like nine days out from the uh, opening game, uh, the Nuggets and the Lakers. Uh, we are recording this podcast Sunday, October 15th, with a Sunday night football game in the background. Um, but while that's all going on, uh, we're going to talk some basketball. Before we get into all of that, Andy, my good friend, Yes, Tell sir. us about the fun concerts that you've been going to, who you've been seeing these last few days. I know you've been busy. Yeah, so two days ago, I went to a big, gigantic concert. It's an EDM show over in the uh, North Portland Warehouse. Um, my girl really likes EDM. It's not really my scene, but it was a really, really fun show. Um, it, it was like, there was like multiple stages where people were performing. There was like an outside patio where there was like a really good DJ out there too. Um, but the cool thing about Big Gigantic was like they had a live drummer as well as um, uh, like a live saxophonist because he he's really heavy into live live saxophone and honestly it was like it was pretty awesome you know that he, is he definitely ripped yeah he like ripped it the saxophones like echoing around the whole stage and you know. My girlfriend and I, we didn't really want to go into the front. Like, we didn't want to get like pushed around and stuff, but we really enjoyed the show. Um, that was a fun time. And then yesterday, I saw Joji. Um, and I was, I was talking to Weems about this as well because he, he reached out and asked how it was. Um, I had a really fun time. Uh, it's kind of crazy to see how far an artist that we followed for a very long time. I think, you know, we've been Joji fans for quite a while and to actually see growth in his artistry, but also to see him perform funny. It was definitely a goofy setup, but like, I was, was going to ask, like, what does it, is it more goofy, like comedy? It, it is a lot of, it is a lot of comedy, I would say. Cause like, uh, Joji's music, it's not like, uh, you know, for listeners out there, if you do listen to Joji, it's not something that like you can turn up to all the time. A lot of it is like melancholy music, sad boy music, but 
in order to like kind of keep the crowd engaged, he would like have briefs moments, you know, like throw stuff to the fans. He had like props, like he brought a basketball hoop and he asked the fan <laughs> to shoot the basketball. And if he missed, he'd just leave. But it was all, you know, it's just like all for the show. And he like comes back. Did um, he make the shot? No. He bricked like five shots. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> there, it was really bad, dude. I was like, <laughs> uh, Megan was asking me, like, do you think you could make that shot? I was like, easy, easy. And she's like, boy, math, of course. You know, like, of course you think you can make it. But uh, it was really entertaining. Um, and I, I'd recommend anybody go see a Joji show uh, just to just see, um, you know, like an Asian American kind of like do his thing out in the in the US and make headway for, you know, like a branch of R&B sad boy music. I think it's really cool. But I had a great time. It was really fun. Mhm. And Kenny Beats too, right? So. Oh yeah. A bonus. Yeah, it was a little disappointing that he didn't play any of his original content. Um I mean, that's like what he's known for, dude. Like people that's like what people pay for though, is like to yeah, see, see him for DJ him. sets like to DJ sets and I mean Kenny and Joji have like a relationship outside of just this tour they're friends and so I get why I I was just really hoping I could have heard maybe a couple of his songs from his latest album just because the production's immaculate I think a lot of people would have appreciated that but he was mainly like the second hype man other than the main hype man with Joji on stage um but still it was like it was great to see he 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 was an amazing DJ. Like honestly, like I to was I'd pay he money just seeing while Joji was performing too. Yes, that's, no, see, that's cool. No, he wasn't. No, oh, okay. he wasn't. Damn. He was emceeing like to get the crowd hype. I do like their relationship though, because like Kenny would call out. He like called out a whole side of the stadium because they weren't standing up and they weren't screaming. He's like, "This crowd over here, this is a Joji concert. You guys should be standing up and going crazy." And then everybody went crazy, you know, but. It's nice to have somebody like that to like kind of prime someone like Joji for a concert. So overall, I mean, I'd I'd go again. I think I definitely think if he comes back to Portland, I'll be going again. For Kenny or Joji? Both. Okay. You know, well, they, there you go. They're, they're there, there's as go. good a review as you can get, right? Mm-hmm. Anything happening with you recently? I know I had some adventures, but <sighs> been watching a lot of football americano lately. Ah. On it, no, honestly, I haven't really been up to shit. I've just been ass has been in the couch lately. <laughs> oh, that's good though. That's good. Though. Um, Having a little downtime, relaxing—that's the—that's uh, the ideal life, man. Exactly. No, just chilling. Like I said, watching a lot of football. Um, but yeah, holidays around the corner, birthday around the corner. Ooh, I just found out I need that. glasses, dude. I'm like, doing. I'm doing like old people shit, man. Yeah, I need glasses. Oh, I got no. my first prescription. No way. Guys, yeah. listeners, just to let you guys know, I know we're going on a little bit of a tangent here, but <laughs> Mr. Amar and his brother, as far as I'm concerned, for as long as we've been best friends, he's had perfect vision. So <laughs> this is the first time God has forsaken you. Dude, it was and, insane. Uh, when, <laughs> yeah. when, uh, when the eye doctor, she, um, she did, like, you know, they're doing like, which one looks better, this one or this one, right? Right. And I'm doing them and I do it for like a minute. And then she's like, okay, so this is um, like your normal vision. And she's like, and this is what it would look like uh, if you had this prescription and you're in glasses. And I was like, I was like, are you serious? It's life changing, <laughs> right? Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't even believe her. I was like, I can't believe how clear that is. Like, yeah, genuinely can't believe it. So yeah. 
haven't found the the frames I want yet, but at least you got come. the prescription. That's what got matters. I mean, you can yeah. find frames anywhere. You know. Yeah, we'll find them. Yeah, I'm a I'm a sensitive little boy, and I get headaches mm-hmm. with stuff on my head. So. Yep. I mean, it happens to everybody. Nice my ear, the back of my ears hurt all the time with these glasses, and you know how blind I am, dude. Like I literally blind, can't see exact them. opposite. Blind as a bat. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> all um, right. But all right, let's let's, let's turn the page and yes, uh, get into the main event here, uh, which is, of course, uh, the basketball talk and our NBA preseason and just kind of season preview, I guess, right? Right. For the 2023, right. and it's still weird to say, 2024 NBA season. <sighs> That's um, crazy. So... Let's uh, let's let's start on uh, East or West. I'll let you pick. I, I want to start with the West. We're on okay, the West I Coast, figured, baby. I figured let's the figure West is the more fun conversation. I I think you know what? Just just to caveat this, this year I I feel like I say this every year, but it was hard. Like of I had to put was. some. Of course, you hard. know, I know, but, but it's just like teams have just gotten better, like all across the board whether it's continuity or acquisitions. And I, I just, I had a fun time choosing the seedings. Mm-hmm. So no, I did too. Yeah. It, was, it was a challenge. I would say, mm-hmm. but, and Definitely like, I'm probably going to be super wrong, but that's all good. Same. And <laughs> same. And real quick, uh, the way we're going to kind of go about this, um, we're not going to, we're going to try to not talk about like every single team and get stuck talking about one team for too long. Right. Um, but uh, we're just going to kind of go bottom to top right kind of highlight a few teams that are kind of in that bottom tier of e- of the conference a few teams that are vying for a play-in spot or maybe trying to fight off a play-in spot right uh and then we will go kind of maybe team by team for who we think the top three in each conference will be right. um and again i think that whole picture is like a lot more clear in the east than than it is in the west particularly right. this year yeah. um but yeah, Western Conference you picked, right, to start? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, bottom feeders. So mm. let's start with Portland. I have Portland 15th in the West. I have them 15th in the West. <laughs> <laughs> the post-Dame era has begun. Right. And what's funny is, I'm sure you feel this too, is like, honestly, if you look at our roster, I mean, we have very capable players. We have some reasonable veterans um you know the acquisition of malcolm brogdon and robert williams i think will be great for the team albeit i don't know if we're going to retain them that's what i was going to say i i i operated with this shrinking under the assumption that they will not finish the season or likely not even make it to the trade deadline with this team right exactly um Um, but i think include jeremy grant in that too oh I I, on, a... I would be like really surprised if Jeremy Grant's still on this team, you know, at the end of the year. So I'm just curious to see like what team would acquire Jeremy. I mean, it's quite what a team large contract. Want Jeremy Grant, think about. I know, it. but it's it's a fat contract though. Doesn't matter, dude. Like, we'll, we like that. Uh, Portland is at the position where they will just take whatever money, you know. Yeah, I like, agree. I agree. Who has Bertons right now? Who's got oh, like God. who's got the Oklahoma? Who's got, the, <laughs> who's got Duncan Robinson? Yeah, Duncan Robinson. Like, dude, like who? Uh, they're probably not trading with the Heat. Let's be real. But uh, <laughs> like those albatross, like just dumb contracts that were given out, you know, one, two, three seasons ago, that still have a couple years left on them. Portland is like 
attach a couple picks and we'll we'll yeah, eat that we'll bad boy up it. right now. You so. know what? You're right. Because, I mean, Jeremy Grant is a very, very solid starter, good player. Could lead you in points a couple nights a week. Like, he is I mean, a really he, solid player. Didn't he lead the Pistons in scoring two mm-hmm. seasons ago? Yes, he did. Three seasons ago, maybe now? Yes, he um, did. But, yeah, I mean, okay. So, with Portland, one thing I wanted to – I kind of posed a question – to both me and you right in my notes like mm-hmm. what what do you what do you think the starting five is going to be for portland like realistically <sighs> opening wow. night opening i have night. i have scoot malcolm okay. brogdon i want matisse Thybul, jeremy grant and deandre ayton i don't think they would start shade and sharp and the only like struggle i had with that is i just have a big old like simons with question marks after that five i don't know <laughs> Right. I mean, we saw preseason lineups, you know, I was, you know, I was just talking to Sid about this because I saw him a couple days ago and we were kind of talking about, you know, the, the depth we have at the young guard position. But unfortunately, if you put the three guards in like you did in the preseason, what you'll find out is you can't get stops. So it's uh, realistically, I think that is pretty much what I'm thinking. I think Matisse has to be in the lineup. And he looks um, he's really good from the little bit of preseason Blazers yeah. action I walk. I yeah, watched, I heard so. he's been working on his three-point shot to really be able to be a threat to stretch the floor because last season, even though Matisse played great defense for us, like at times he was very reluctant to shoot. Um, but he is, I would ar- argue, like probably our best all-around defender on our team. And so he kind of has to start there. Um and that does leave questions for Shaden and Anthony. They're both young. I think Anthony is more primed and ready to like make a huge impact, but he does seem like he fits best as coming off the bench. I just don't know if the money translates, you know? No, but I mean the money's nothing. Like he makes nothing. Right. You th- think about it. Like in the in today's NBA, like he makes 25 million. He makes role player money. Like so it's it's really oh, no yeah, big deal. Right. I kind of see I kind of see it like a Jordan Clark. Oh my god, I'm struggling to say his name. Jordan Clarkson <laughs> type of role, right? You know, I just think that's that's putting him in the best position to succeed. Like having nights like tonight, we saw where he he can go make six threes in a quarter and just not have to worry about playing defense really too intensively. Right. And just being that heat he, check guy. Yeah, off he the can bench. be the number one option yeah. in that unit, right? right. Off the bench, absolutely. So. Um, and still play with all sorts of different lineups, mixing and matching. That's what I think this team is like going to be pretty cool for. Is they they have a, a lot of different things they can do, like with Shaden Sharp, Matisse Thybul, Jeremy Grant. Like those are a lot of modular options. Jad Malcolm Brogdon, or like whatever pieces come from him. Um, I like the the backup situation, right? They still have retained Eubanks, so mm-hmm. I think I think it should be a relatively a relatively good bench unit, I would say. I'm, I'm like trying to temper wait, wait, wait. Didn't, expectations. Didn't Eubanks? Didn't Eubanks go to Phoenix? Oh shoot, you're right. Who's the big? Yeah, he went. Who's the Rob, big? They got Rob and DeAndre. Oh right. Yeah. Well, well, I I don't feel good about the big depth that typical <laughs> Portland. Yeah, of course. I don't know of why course. I thought Eubanks was still on the team. I literally have that written down. Yeah, no, no. no. I mean, I thought Eubanks was a pretty reasonable acquisition for phoenix considering what they had to work with um giving you 10 minutes Damn. 15 minutes off the bench well i guess it's too many kamari too, too many kamara season you know yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean this team like their over under is it was 28 and a half 
on on DraftKings, right? And I imagine like any of our friends who are listening to this podcast, this is probably the team that we would be betting on the most, right? Oh yeah. Or maybe like seeing the most action in our area. Like I was I know I was giving the like response to you when you were asking about like do not do not try to talk yourself into this team being any better than what it is. This team doesn't even want to be good right, right. now, at least for this season. Like I would take the under on that. I they're going to be one of the worst teams in the West. We both mean Andy agree that they're the worst. Yeah. So just yeah. kind of take it all with a grain of salt. Like when you see good odds for them having 30 wins, when you see good odds for them making the playoffs, like the only Portland bet I like this year is, is scoot to win rookie of the year. Right. And I think that's a stretch. Ample too. opportunity. Yeah. I mean, he, yeah, he could, who knows? He could average a triple double. You never know. Like that <laughs> I mean, he won't, but yeah, he, I think he, won't, could average, he could easily average like 16 and eight. Yeah, you know? I think that's. I think that could be a great little benchmark for Scoot because there's such high expectations for him. You know, just yeah. let him play though. And he's gonna play. He's gonna play 30, 32 minutes a game probably. He's already been playing against basically NBA competition for the last two yeah. seasons since he was seventeen. So, um, you know, I'm I'm excited to just kind of sit back and watch him and also like go to some games because now we got some some cheap action. Right. <laughs> right. Right. But uh, who, who else did you have uh, as a bottom feeder? Uh, let's do maybe one more bottom feeder before we move to that next year. Okay. Um, bottom feeder on the West Coast, I I chose Houston. Damn. Yeah. That's surprising. That is. I mean, like, it was weird because I feel like Houston's acquisitions are really nice to set the table. However... I think when you talk about what Yudoka is kind of trying to emphasize with like the accountability on defense, right? Making the right plays, like don't care who you are, how much money you make, where you were drafted. Like, I like that attitude a lot. I personally don't feel like the personnel, uh, unless I'm proven wrong, like can get stops really. They're kind of a smaller team. Um, you know, the acquisition of Dylan Brooks, he does play a little bit bigger than his size, but Fred Van Vliet, kind of smaller. You got Alperin Shangun, right, who at times last season had to be pulled out because he couldn't get stops, but he's an offensive machine and juggernaut. Um, I'm I'm just not sure, like, really where Houston is because I have them 14th, but I feel like they could be good as 11th or 10th if the offense works I was going to say, I have well. them 12th, and, like, I wanted to put them like 10th or 11th i mean they got a lot of offensive i'll be honest i'm like i'm just really i'm really high on them compared to last year right and to give the context right we're getting into it already dude i'm I'm so surprised you already picked this team this is my first lock for the (laughs) for the over (laughs) oh really houston so DraftKings has them at 31 and a half so they can get 50 losses and still go over on this. Right. 32 and 50, right? So, like, when you look at it, like, through that lens, like, success is a lot different, right? So maybe mm-hmm. they are, maybe, like, I am um, elevating them a little bit too much. Like, they are probably still in that bottom feeder tier, but I think they're the very top end <laughs> of the bottom feeder tier, right? They only had 22 wins last year. Their coach actively said that they don't run plays for their best player, Jabari Smith Jr. Yep. 
I, you know, opinion. I know a lot of people probably don't think he's the best player, but he'll show right. you guys. I'd say Jalen Green. He'll show but, you guys on October you know, 25th. It's, the, it's those two, though. It's those two, you yeah. know? Um, I think Jalen Jabari Smith Jr. is like, pro- my bold prediction is he's going to be an all-star this year. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have that written down. I'll just kind of read you what I wrote, dude. I, I was I was in my feelings about the Rockets. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. No, I'd love to uh, hear this. Jabari Smith... Jabari Smith Jr. All-Star campaign starts now. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, and then I also just think, like you were talking about Ime Yudoka, like he undoubtedly will squeeze more wins than this team is worth out of them. So mm-hmm. I think him as coach alone is probably good for another two, three wins. Right? They're going to win probably some couple games against like true contenders that they have no business being in. You know? Right. And then... I'm so surprised you said the defense because my third bullet point, I'm really, really high on the whole like Van Vliet, Jalen Green, Jabari Smith combo. And then you add Tari Eason. I'm like really, really high on their defensive potential, especially on the wings. Because I think a big reason you never really saw a buy-in from Jalen Green, from even in like an Alperin Sangoon, Kevin Porter Jr., even though I know he's probably not going to be playing for this team ever again uh, right. with his legal bullshit. Um, cause he's a piece of shit, yep. but, um, like they, I don't think they were really like taught good habits as far as defense. And last time we saw Yudoka as a head coach, he was like in charge of the best, if not a top five. Defense. I think, I think it was the best defense in the league. I think it was I the best team correctly. defense in the league that the yeah. Celtics had that year. So I'm just like, I, I think you, when you look at Van Vliet, always been a good point of attack defender, mm-hmm. really small, yeah. right? He can really guard other guards. Well. Um, Jabari Smith Jr. I think has like at some point in his career he'll, he'll make an all defense team. He's just, he's really switchable. His rim protection is like surprisingly good. The weak link is like the rim protection in my mind. Right. Tari Eason's good. Jalen Green has the tools to be good. He's kind of like Anthony Edwards in that way. Right. Um, but yeah, I just think it's all like all the potential is there and the direction they're heading is good. So if they're set the right culture, I could see this team being like they start like four and two and everyone's like, what the hell? Like why are the Rockets good, you know? Right. So I just kind of see that for them. Yeah. And I'll lock yeah. it in. First lock, this team will will be at least 32 and 50. Okay, I love it. I love it, dude. I love it, dude. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm really happy for you because I know how much you love Jabari. I think I'm a huge fan of Jabari as well. And I think dude, he's primed I love for a big Jabari's season, dude. He's primed for a big season. He looks so unstoppable. I mean, Summer League is not really a good reflection of anything but he just looks smooth you know like he's yeah, ready to he go looks confident that's like the biggest mm-hmm. thing and he did it again in the preseason too like yeah. i know i know i i'm i'm not going to be that guy like i was making fun of you for i don't think the preseason means a damn thing nope. but the the confidence um when you're watching is, is pretty cool to see even outside of summer league right when you're comparing it to that right so yeah really high on the rockets this year uh and i'll be watching a lot of them on league pass i think they're just gonna be fun I've right. we didn't even talk about Amon Thompson. Like, oh yeah, oh yeah, so he's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Let's move out of the bottom feeders. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Let's go. Maybe like we'll go one each play-in team, and then we'll see okay. if we want to go one more. Uh, maybe okay. we have one of the same ones. But I'll I'll, I'll start off here. Um, a team I think is gonna be hovering around that play-in, like anywhere from like seven to eleven is kind of what I had in mind for this. Okay. Um, six to eleven. It's kind of maybe on that bubble. 
Um, <clears throat> I actually think the Grizzlies are going to be a team that's in this tier this year. Uh, and that might oh, be really? like a bit of a surprise pick. Yeah, I have the Grizzlies as the eight seed this year. Um, mm. And a lot of that is due to the suspension. Right for Ja, mm-hmm. he's gonna be out the first. It's twenty five games, games, right? First yeah. twenty five games, right? So the first quarter of the season, basically, a little bit more. Um, but the big thing that I really worry about with this team is, like, what is what does the culture look like when you have like you have to when you have to set, kind of set a new culture, right? Like they've right. they've had found so much success and found their stride basically since Ja's second year. Right, so that's the 2020 season from 2020 mm-hmm. 2021 season. They've kind of had an identity, right? So that's one, two, three seasons now that they've played basically the exact same way, with the exact same core, and like had Jaron Jackson like you know become who he is, Defensive Player of the Year, Desmond Bain become a reliable second, third option on offense, right? Um, and a hell of a shooter too, right? So he's like the perfect modern. Um, complimentary piece um, but they're so so weak at the most important position in the NBA at the wing like their starting three will be one of these three players for the whole season unless they make changes like Juan Conchar, David Roddy or Zaire Williams and then you add like an aging Steven Adams and a Jaron Jackson who's going to have to add a, like a lot of scoring onto his plate like I think you maybe see some more of like the minute issues, foul trouble stuff. When you add more to Jaron Jackson's plate, and he has to like play a little bit more tired and handle more responsibility. Um, I think that may be more of an issue. And I kind of just don't, I don't really see any possibility for this team starting those first 25 games above 500. So that's like my big emphasis. The slow start is kind of the emphasis for me not thinking that they'll be firmly out of the play in. You know, I think they'll, right. I think they'll it'll be on their mind for the the whole end of the year. Not that they'll be, be in it, but they'll be worried about it. That's kind of what I think for them. Right. Um, whereas years past, you know, they've firmly been top four. Right. I you know it's just funny. I'll just tell you where I have Memphis on my. Is, list I feel because, like this is going to be like the Rockets. <laughs> uh, no, I have them fourth in the West. Okay. I think, you know, like. It's it kind of it's kind of hard though because you're right. I think the personnel change is a little bit interesting. I do think Marcus Smart might be able to help their team kind of stay afloat a little bit more. Um, I did note that down. I I do right. think he's a great addition, but it's yeah, still new. I, it's still new, and that's why I'm not like super surprised that you have Memphis lower, right? Like if we look in the past, right, where Jaw has been out for extended periods of time, the success that, you know, they've had without him. But I do think this is the year that it could possibly get shaky because you are changing personnel instead of, you know, uh, having Dylan, who doesn't really need the ball in his hands as much. He's just a shot chucker. Now you kind of have a lot of responsibility on Marcus Smart that might change things, how he kind of gets people involved because, Truly him and Derrick Rose for the first 25 games are going to have to get people involved. And I just don't know exactly how that's going to work um, because it's not like Marcus gives you the amount of rim pressure and creation that Jaw does. So that's going to be a huge question for them on offense. But I, I still think uh, 
I just like their team. I think they're still young. They're still hungry. I think Marcus has a chip on his shoulder. Um, and I think I think that in itself, him probably being like top three point attack defenders in the league, um, point of attack defenders. Like I think I think it could be a really fun and interesting season. But I th- I I do agree that it's either going to be they'll be great or they're going to be fighting for something. You yeah. know, I don't the, think the it's other thing that I, I struggle parents. with is like so so and I I'm with you. It's, it's kind of boomer bust, right? Like, but so much of what I struggle with and why I believe more like in the bust maybe for them this year is like the we've made so much of like how good they are without Jaw, how good they are without Jaw, right? Because he's been he's had kind of dealt with different injuries for mm-hmm. you know eight games at a time, twelve games at a time throughout the last few campaigns. Um. And they were so great through all of those. And there was even that, I think it was two seasons ago where they were like 20 and four without Jaw, which was just like wildly Insane. above expectation. That's, you know, right. that's a bit of an outlier. But just like, I'm going to kind of make the same comparison to like situation of Marcus Smart was was in, you know? So Marcus Smart, um, or sorry, let me flip that. Jason Tatum's whole career in as a Celtic, you know, Marcus Smart has been there up until this season. Um, so in games where Jason Tatum was out for whatever reason, so you still have, you know, a great wing player, a la like Desmond Bain, you know, then you have Jalen Brown, right? You still potentially you still got a great wing guy. And you have Marcus Smart as your guys, right? And then you have great interior defense, like very similar to what the Grizzlies are. And even the Celtics, who I think me and you would definitely agree are like a way better team than right. they have been for the last few years. We're 14 and 19 when you have to make Marcus Smart your first option or second option. So I just think, like, if they get off to, like, dude, imagine if they start, like, like, 9 and 16. Right. You know, like anything like that. And they're kind of get off to, like, that Lakers start, you know, where they, like, the Lakers were good and then everything got, everyone got hurt and they were just stuck, like, just so stuck and barely made the plan. I think that's like feas- that's just as feasible as Marcus Smart is playing like an all star until John Morant comes back. You know, John Matt, yeah, comes back. Yeah, I I agree with you one hundred percent. It's it, this is one of the weirder teams that I feel like has been a top seed for a long time, uh, at least for the past two to three years. And yeah. you kind of look at the the shakeups this year. I think for some of the top teams. I think there are some more consistent. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the you know Eastern Conference with some of those bigger moves. But something like this in Memphis can really make or break. Uh, I you know like, uh, but hopefully I think the Memphis offense would kind of work. You know they really took a took a flyer on Marcus, so hopefully this kind of works out for him because I do think that backcourt's going to be nice when Jaw and Marcus are in the game together. I think that's a problem. You know, oh, I, I mean, really dude, they're going to be back. really good when Jaw gets back. I've, mm-hmm. I have no doubt about that because Bane can also slide up to the three in that situation three. if yeah, they're all three going to play three. together. Yep. Um, and obviously yep. Smart can play, you know, and guard bigger positions than he he is, right? So, mm-hmm. like, Jaw makes all of this a well-oiled machine, but like without him, it just it just crumbles in my eyes. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll see how that all plays out. Um, why don't you give us one other like, play-in level? Playing level team. Okay. You know what's funny is I'll go 10th in the play in kind of spot. So who I I have 10th? The same team. New Orleans? Yep. Okay. Okay. That's amazing. That's amazing. You want to know why I knew uh, we were going to have the same team? Why? 
because that's where this team always finishes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Have, uh, have they have they been out of the plan since the plan has been like, no, put in place? They've, they've, they've played every been, possible one. Year, yeah, right? they've played every possible plan. And have they um, ever won one of them? No, uh, okay. which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm sure you have the same things with me. We don't have to go over it too much. I think New Orleans reintegrating Zion is going to be an interesting kind of feel, right? We saw, um, you know, a couple seasons ago when Zion was actually playing at times when he kind of ran the point forward spot and how effective that could be. But at the same time, I think, I think you have to truly balance your offense with such capable players like you have Trey Murphy uh Herbert's getting better at spot ups right you still have CJ handling the ball getting that mid-range penetration Brandon Ingram's kind of a little bit do it everything kind of guy and so I'm really interested to kind of see how it works maybe if Zion takes just a slight back seat instead of being the focal point of the offense and maybe being a little bit more of a point forward I think that could promote a lot of success for the team but at the same time it's like the reason why I have them 10th is because, holy shit, I don't know if any of them are going to stay healthy. Yeah. You know, that's you always been just, the question. You basically said everything I have written down. <laughs> exactly. I mean, God damn it. Like, I don't even know if Zion's going to play 40 games this season. Yeah. Like, I mean, you have he, to assume he is, like, because he is playing right now and he looks fine, right? Right. He's, he's playing in preseason and whatnot. Um, and he is, like, playing that role, like, from the little bit that I watched mm-hmm. um, last couple games. He's, he's grabbing it off the rim. He's, bringing the ball up, pushing pace. Dude, that guy's an incredible passer. I think that gets like so underrated. Um, it's it's amazing. He, he plays that role like no one can stop him. Um, but yeah, we'll see. And, and the other thing I wrote down is like someone someone has to emerge from like this four-team group of Minnesota, OKC, New Orleans, and Dallas because they're all kind of in that play-in sort of tier. And like right. one or two of those teams are not going to be in that tier. They're going to go up. One of them is going to go down. Two of them are probably two of those teams will be in the plan. You know, I just don't know which two. Right. Um, so it's just it's hard to it's hard to predict. Um, but with mm-hmm. that, like, let's like so now before we do like the the one to the three and like the real contenders and kind of get into that phase for the West. Uh, why don't you, why don't we go like team by team? Well, it's like doing thumbs up for me. That's you awesome. That yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but why don't we go like 15 to nine? Or sorry, 15 okay. to um, seven. 15 to seven. So 15, okay. I know we both have Portland. Who do you Portland, have 14? Yeah. Houston. Okay, Houston. I have the Spurs. Okay. And 13, who'd you have? Utah. I also had Utah. Okay. 12, I had Houston. I had San Antonio. Okay, so we got the same four. Just different yeah. Room. Mm-hmm. Um, who'd you have 11? I'm Dallas. really curious. Dallas. You? Dallas? Dallas? Damn, I'm Minnesota. Oh, okay, okay. This is where we're going to start to get some variation. I know. Yeah, this is, and okay. okay, we both had New Orleans at 10. Yeah. Uh, who'd you have at nine? This is another really interesting one. Minnesota. I had the Clippers. <gasps> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I went, I told you. Remember when I was telling you we were playing this, you were going to be shocked by my seating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I went way different. I just kind of tried to throw some darts this year. Who'd you, right. who'd you have at eight? Because I had Grizzlies, I mentioned earlier. I had the Clippers. Okay. The Clippers. 
and seven. Oklahoma. I like it. I had Dallas. Mm, okay. Okay. So okay, before we before we go into the kind of the, the top tier and we'll yeah, the top six. We'll let, yeah. Yeah, we'll go just go top six. Um we'll like maybe fly through four to six and like spend some more time on one to three. As we see fit. But let's talk eleven. Why do you see Dallas at eleven? Because we that that's kind of our biggest gap. I have I have them at seven, and you have them missing the plan altogether again. Right. I feel like what's weird is like with Dallas, you know, Luca's gonna probably give you roughly a top ten offense just alone by himself. He's just a phenomenal player. He's gonna be an MVP candidate every year. Um, I just don't feel like. There's enough on his team. Like, I know he has Kyrie. Like, if he's healthy, Kyrie is a top five point guard in the league. Like, it, it's an amazing pairing. I I just don't feel confident in in the team. Like, I know they... Who did they draft this year? Lively? I was going to say, I can, I, can I walk through the depth chart for you and try to sell, like, sell you on it a little bit? Sure, sure. Okay. okay. Let me refresh my page because it's freezing on me. I got the depth chart pulled up as well. Okay. So obviously you mentioned Kyrie and Luca. Right. But then you have you have Tim Hardaway who's still there. Right. And you added Grant Williams, who I think is gonna be like a really important wing guy. Mr. I'll make both. <laughs> God, I love Grant, dude. He's so funny. Um, okay. Yeah. So I, I I like that. I like Josh Green taking a step. Mm-hmm. As I think like Josh a, Green's going to be a starter. By the way, I think he has to be a starter. I could he'll be a starter, or he'll be a really, really, really good bench player. You know, yeah. Um, the other rookie that they got, um, Ollie Max Prosper, mm-hmm. like, kind of in that same mold. I think he is going to be another Josh Green. He's like bigger Josh Green. Yeah, six eight, huge. Yeah, uh, but he plays really similar, really, really good on the boards. Too from everything that I saw so far, um, and then you add Derek Jones Jr., Maxi Kleber. I'm not trying to talk starters. Like I think the start their starting lineup is like kind of average outside of Luca and Kyrie, and that's going to happen when you give eighty million dollars to two players, right? Yeah. But the bench is just like really good. It's really really good to me because you look at the and that's kind of my theme going to be my theme this year. Like I think depth depth wins this year. I'm not really mm-hmm. big on some of the stuff other teams have done, right? Um, but Derek Lively, I think, is going to be one of the best rookies, kind of like a Walker Kessler type of rookie year, I would see, which is another guy that right. Dallas has really needed, like that type right. of rim protection, um, a true seven footer. And he's kind of like, like, imagine like Willie Cauley Stein, but if Willie Cauley Stein was a number one ranked high school player coming out. Right. Like, so they got all of that. And then you add like some veteran help with Rashawn Holmes. You still have Maxi Cleaver. You got Markeith Morris. They just have like real NBA players in addition to Jaden Hardy and Josh Green taking the step. Right. And being able to actually like really help a team. Right. I mean, I think a lot of uh, when you talk about the bench, I could see Jaden Hardy leading the bench unit. I mean, he's 
when he goes off, it's it's just amazing how easy Dude, the game he's is. He's good. For him. Like he's, he's actually really good. really good. He's really good, and he you know he definitely is just going to have a chip on his shoulder for he the rest of his career. He looks yeah. Bigger. I mean, being drafted so late after the projections of him, you know, being a pretty high projected potentially lottery pick at one point. Like, uh, I I think that's awesome. I, I mean, I like the Seth Curry acquisition. A lot. I think that's probably mm-hmm. the most underrated move for the Mavs because it's just like, you know, of course he's overshadowed by his brother, but Seth is a knockdown shooter and he can get open so quick, which I think ultimately the kind of heliocentric player that Luca is, he needs players like that around him. Um, I'm still not completely sold on this roster. I think I have a lot of questions, mainly with the like four and five position. Like with Derek Lively, like, I don't know if he's going to be the starting center. No, you know? he's not. Like you maybe, know. maybe in like March. Yeah, if he gets the hang of like things. The, I imagine Dwight Powell will start. Right, which I mean, or Max. I'm, Kleber I'm not will the start. biggest. Yeah, or Max Kleba, but you know, like I think at times Dallas has looked at having both Powell and Kleba on the floor, and Kleba playing that stretch four position, which I don't think he's great at. Um, and you know what we'll just have to see because who knows you know like Kyrie for all we can know can have like the greatest resurgence too I mean Kyrie looks really like he looks healthy like not really any injuries like this could be a first real season together you know what I mean like this is a lot of like projection that we've talked about but this is going to be the first real off season that they've had together right training camp all that and maybe that just hits them a couple extra wins to really kind of push them up with the seedings um and you know we'll kind of see how it goes i'm i'm excited for dallas to be yeah. honest i mean they have nothing here's kind of like the big like the the change from last year that like i noticed right in the four and the five right it's, instead of having just um like this would be post Kyrie trade right and instead right. of just having I'm going to call Reggie Bullock a four, which is not great. Wild. Um, Wild. Some guy named Chris Silva, who I've never heard of. Uh, mm-hmm. Markeith Morris and Maxi Kleber and Davis Bertans. Those were your fours to now. And then you add like JaVale McGee, Christian Wood, who was like having issues with the coaching staff and whatnot. And right. Uh, Dwight Powell. Right. That's like awful, awful, awful. Right. And you change that to. Uh, Dwight Powell still, Markeith Morris still, Maxi Kleber still, but you add Derek Jones Jr., Rashawn Holmes. Rashawn Holmes was like a starting five two years ago. You know, I know it's it's kind of weird. I felt so bad for him in Sacramento. Yeah, God. like he just got he's an, dropped. He's an animal. Like no reason. He's been healthy he's and an stuff too. Like you had Grant animal. Williams, who's like a guy, honestly. Like for this no, team, he's good. Probably a guy starter and for sure. I'm just kind of high on Derek Lively. That part of it, because. He was the number one. He was the number one basketball player in the country. Like, he went to Duke, and Duke bigs just like aren't really allowed to do anything. So, <laughs> right, it is what it is. Um, but I, I just, I, 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 they'll be good. I think they'll be good. Here, here, we'll close it like this. The win total was forty three and a half. I'm a, would you go under? Oh man, I do. I do think I'd take the under on that. See, you can't. You can't be an eleven seed if you win forty four games. You just can't. Yeah, I know. So I went over too. So that was the only reason. I think 
I think they could win 44 or 45 games. There are so many teams, though, that in that clump, basically every team is like 43 and a half, 44 and a half, 45 and a half, 42 and a half. It's like all right around there, you know? Yeah, I know. They're just barely over 500 teams. I mean, like, it's it's really interesting. Like, that's why I said, like, towards uh, towards the top, I think it's a lot easier to kind of figure out, even though, like, in terms of the seedings, it's not really specific. But this middle of the pack this year is going to be a dogfight. Um, yeah. I think I think we're going to be some seeing some really competitive close games. Um, yeah. just, I think there's, just there's only purposes. one team, two teams maybe in the West that like really don't give a crap about this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to say that that's Portland, San Antonio. Utah. That's what I was going to say too. Maybe Portland, Portland, San Antonio. I think Utah's just going to wait for their draft picks and maybe see some, some come up. Like they're not really in a rush, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, bold prediction. We won't talk about Utah much this year. <laughs> we definitely won't. <laughs> All right, but let's, let's go. Let's uh, finish it out. Uh, six to one for the West, and then we'll we're right at like the forty-five minute mark here. So it's perfect. Perfect. Um, you had Oklahoma City seven, and I had Dallas seven. Is where we left off, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I had OKC six. I actually think they'll avoid the play-in altogether. Oh, I hope so. They're looking nice. Yeah. At six, I had Golden State. Okay, we're gonna be so aligned. I think for this part, I have Golden mm-hmm. State five. So we're okay. like one off. Okay. At at five, I got the Lakers. Ooh, okay. Who'd you put four? Memphis. Memphis. Okay, yeah, right. I had Kings four. Kings. Okay. And I had Lakers three. Mm, I had Sacramento three. Okay. And then did you go Denver or Phoenix? I went Phoenix order? for two. Okay. I went Phoenix, I went for Phoenix two. one. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's um, the variation right there. I mean, Denver or Phoenix, they're going to yeah. get the one seat. So this one let's two. just let's like kind of uh, skip a few and let's let's talk the top real quick. So, okay. what what for you aside from them? Like, just they are the defending champs. They are the best team until seen otherwise, Trent. Mm-hmm. Um, like, what other reasons do you think that the Nuggets will just have a better regular season record than? You know? Than Phoenix, uh, I guess for me it's like we still we still don't have an answer for Jokic. I, I think there hasn't been an answer for Jokic for the past three years. The way he plays basketball, like we all know this, it's it's kind of impossible to stop. Like you're always in a catch twenty two with him, right? If you double him, he's going to find the open man. If you leave him wide open, he's going to make a shot or create a play. The thing about him and what I like about Denver is throughout the regular season, they kind of chill a little bit, but the way that they play the game doesn't actually change that much in the playoffs, you know? And that's what I kind of like is like just that level of consistency where this team has been together for a while. Jamal will be probably playing at an all-star level. I think this year, I think he has a chance to make an all-star team this year. I know they lost like Bruce Brown, and uh, I think that is probably going to be probably the only hit that I might see Denver being anywhere from two to three, just because he was a great bench player and coming off the bench, that kind of energy. But I think just that level of um, just consistency of being together, I think it's going to be pretty hard to stop. Who's Denver's sixth best player? 
All right, let's see how it's like. Nicholas. I'm going to make my case as soon as you, Jamal, you say this. The fact that you go, hmm, MPJ. let me pull out my phone and Google their bench, not a great sign. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It's not. Okay, and then you got Aaron Gordon. Let's see. Sixth best, not a starter. Not a starter? Oh, God, this is where it gets gross. I mean, you're probably looking at Jackson. Reggie, yeah, I think it's Reggie Jackson or Christian Brown or Christian Brown. Yeah, it's one yeah, of those. It's probably two. Christian Brown, honestly, at this stage in their careers. Right. So, I mean, we're just talking regular season. We're not talking about the playoffs. Playoffs, right? Yeah. So when I look at that, I I just think you kind of started to make the argument the other way, like you were kind of arguing against Denver. Because you mentioned that they kind of coast in regular season, but they don't really change the way they play compared to the playoffs. But right. they do coast, and they, they lost. Coast. They lost some important stuff, dude. Yeah, towards the end of the season, especially yeah. I do. I because know they in went years on a- past too. They had Austin Rivers for the regular mm-hmm. season. You know, they had Monty Morris. They had uh, Mason Plumley. Like their backup for Jokic is Zeke Naji. I've never, I know he's from Arizona and he's like a shooting big. I've never seen that guy play. Yeah, it's because it's kind of counterintuitive with Jokic. You can't really put him on the floor together. Um, yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying. Like, that guy, that's a guy. I'm looking at this right now. Like, it's him or DeAndre Jordan has to play 20 minutes a game this, you know, this season. Yeah, 18 minutes. Yeah, I right? know Jeff you don't want to play Jokic. You don't want to play Jokic more than like 33 minutes a game. No, it's too big. 34, maybe. It's too much. And, dude, they also just, they had the longest season. So I just think, like, when you actually look at it kind of, like, more, like, analytically, I guess, like, I just, I can't see them finishing as good as they were last year. And they were already, like, a weaker one seed record-wise. I'm not saying talent-wise. Like, they're good. They're really good. But they were already like a weaker one seed record-wise. They only had 53 wins, and that's just kind of like because the top teams kept cannibalizing themselves, and it was all really close. Right. Um. So I think we're, me and you both agree we're, we're in for another one of those type of seasons where it's all really close, right? A lot of tiebreaker type stuff. And this team is like not even like a key injury away, dude. Like, like Contavious Caldwell-Pope gets hurt, and this team's fucked for a couple weeks yeah you know i know i know so it's like little things like that where you you talk about that and then the other thing that that i wrote down is i'm like not a cap expert especially because it all just changed with the new cba but i do know that they changed how easy it's gonna be for teams that are over the luxury cap to sign buyout guys Mm -hmm. in season and that may actually be like virtually impossible for this team to get anyone because they have about 150 million just committed to their starting lineup. And then I'm just kind of like looking at it, eyeballing it right now. There's like another 12 to 13 just in the next 10 guys, another five from the next ten, the next five guys. So that's like you're already at 170 million. I can't remember what the, the apron is, but like it's going to be close to improve this team at all. So I think we're kind of looking at what this team will be. And it's just tough. Like I think they're they're gonna be good. I mean, so we're arguing whether they're gonna be one, two, right? 
Mm-hmm. But I just think their path to one is is pretty tough. Yeah. I mean, because we'll you see. look at the, you look at we'll the Phoenix see. Suns, right? And this yeah. is kind of like what I was saying. Like, I think my that's this is like my thesis for West and East this year. Like, the depth is just so important, you know. Um, what what Phoenix was able to do, like with with shipping eight now and like getting involved in in the Dame trade, helped them in so many different ways. Um, having Eric Gore, like Eric Gordon, is probably one of the better bench players in the league, right? At least her, I know he's getting older, but has been, um, throughout the last few years. I I would even argue at times he could be in the starting lineup. Yeah, totally could be. Probably won't be just because of defense. Right, exactly. But it's just like, he's a starter level player. In Mm -hmm. my opinion, he's he's a starter level player. Yeah. yeah. Um, like Grayson Allen, I hate him, but he's like a good role player, you know? Right. Um, Josh Akogi was awesome as the starting three for them, starting two. One of the best rebounding guards in the league. Yeah. And like Utah Watanabe, like I don't think there's a single position, like just looking at the reserve guys that Denver would beat Phoenix in. And I almost, I almost think for the regular season, like you, you don't really look at the starting lineup. You look at the bench, the bench. Right. Yeah. So when it comes to a playoff matchup, I'd probably still pick Denver because I've seen Jokic just take Nurkic's lunch money like oh six, seven times. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Um, but I mean, in the regular season, it'd be pretty tough for for anyone to like Phoenix. I think is winning sixty games this this regular season. I know, especially if they play the the god himself, Bull Bull, twenty five minutes. Um, Did they play Bull Bull? I like dude. it. They got my dude, my I, guy Frank Vogel as head coach now. Dude, I'm not gonna lie. I just need to see a lineup with Kevin and Bobo in the same lineup. <laughs> like, I just need to see that, dude. Like, that just sounds crazy to me. Um, and and I know we're gonna do like for the next preview episode next week. We'll do we'll do like more player focused stuff. But I mean, Devin Booker, I'm top. Is top five crazy? Is top no. five. Like even a question at this point? No, like, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, like, I think people would argue mainly like, oh, let's like look at like how people play and the size. But honestly, what especially what Devin is Booker and done has done in the West, um, it, it it's kind of hard to argue at the age of fucking twenty six what he's able to do and how much pressure he creates when he's trying to score the ball. And he's become a really, really solid, like, kind of pseudo point guard at times, which I, uh, that was kind of the biggest question, like, two, three years ago, right? It's like, okay, Devin can definitely shoot and score the ball. Can he get his teammates involved? And but now that's that how he have, started, because they didn't mm-hmm. have a point guard in his first They didn't have years. a point, exactly. So for him to actually gain that skill, alongside, you know, probably one of my favorite players in the league, Bradley, I think last year, the problem with Phoenix was there wasn't enough pressure on the rim. Um, in the playoffs, and I think Bradley is going to change that a lot. Um, he's one of those players that just does not give a shit about driving. Um, he's he's so quick with his first step. I think it's kind of nice to have that because, like we've seen, Kevin kind of has lost a step. He's still a phenomenal player, but he doesn't drive nearly to the basket as much. He settles a lot more for the mid range. So to have another player like that, that that trio in itself is probably the best trio in the league. 
Um, easy. Easy. Uh, I mean, it's I, just it could be could be Dame, Giannis, and, and Middleton. Chris maybe. Middleton. I mean, could it be. could. I mean, Dame in itself is just that's another could conversation. Be. But I mean, there there's an argument for it. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm just to make to sure we're, just play. to make sure we're not like making blanket statements. The only reason I'm right. Up. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Uh, but just, no, I mean, okay. Like when you team. when you start thinking about it a little bit more, don't think about the playoffs. Like, don't let that skew you in any way. Like, right. Do your mind change a little bit, or you still think Denver? I still think Denver has a chance, man. I think Denver still has a chance for the first seed. I mean, I I'm in agreement with you. They could be the two. You know, if we're just arguing one and two. Yeah, I, I think the other I, argument for Denver feeling. maybe is that mm. like getting the one seed for them and knowing. Like having a best record in the NBA for them is like even more valuable, knowing the home court advantage that they do have once they get into the playoffs, and knowing that you know they would play every game in the in the up until the finals or through the Western Conference Finals, where the game seven's at home for them. Like maybe that gets them playing a little bit harder for for right. that spot. But I don't. I'm like I don't know. It's also just tough, dude. Like it's this is like the disease of more, you know. Like this really is mm-hmm. it. Like it, yeah, it's all coming to a head. Um, if everything was like all good there, they would have re-signed Bruce Brown, like they thought they were going to, and like all of it. And like I don't mean to like like insinuate that this has anything to do with what their on-court performance will be, but like rest in peace, Mike Malone's father too. So like yeah, that's like I can't imagine. Because like that, his dad is a coach too, right? Like mm-hmm. obviously, I think he won a championship with the Pistons, Bad Boy Pistons, something like that. But uh, I mean, like, there's just like there's kind of a lot of emotional forces, disease of more. We already climbed that mountaintop. Like Mike Malone's father passed, like all of it, right? Just like it's almost like the Kobe, you know, Lakers playing for Kobe type of shit, where it's like sometimes mm-hmm. that works. And sometimes, sometimes it comes crashing down. It really doesn't. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. But any other teams like uh we'll talk about the Lakers more later, so we don't need to worry yeah, about of them. Course. But like of course we'll talk any, about the any other teams that you want to hit in the West, like real quick before we go to the East. Um because we're already hitting our hour mark here. No, that's perfect. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah, I'm well, I'm chilling. I'm chilling. Let's let's hit it then. We'll do Let's hit one bottom feeder, uh, and then we'll do like two play-ins, and we'll hit the contenders. Perfect. Perfect. So what do you think? You want me to start, you, you me start give, with the bottom feeders? Me, you give me the bottom feeder in the East. That's like most entertaining to you. Most watchable. Okay. So 15 through 13 is what I consider bottom. I'll go 13. I think Detroit is going to be really fun. I have Detroit at 13. Adam at 14. And they okay. are my adopted Eastern Conference team, so yes. I'm glad that yes. you bring them up. Yeah, I'm in the sub. I'm in the subreddit for a year now. That's amazing. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure there's a community out I am, there. I am inundated by the hype machine for players like Marvin Bagley and James yep. Wiseman. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. Uh. They love they love Killian Hayes and that subreddit. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, Killian, dude. I I won't say he's had like a crazy turnaround, but I mean, even a year ago, people were calling him like a huge bust, and you know, okay, he's, he's a fucking better. bust. That's why they were calling him a bust. We don't need to be yeah. like. I know we said we're going to be really nice. This like nicer. I said I was going to be nicer, less critical. 
but let's call a spade a spade. You can't get pick <laughs> seven I know, and like I not know. do a damn thing, you know? I know. Um, just overall with Detroit, I'm sure we have the same thoughts, right? I think Cade's going to come back really healthy. I th- he's yeah, looked I so. good, right? He was playing for the BUSA team, right? He should have been in the the international games this year. I think I think that in itself and like maybe this is me overreacting, but I have I'm really really high on Jalen Duran. I me too. I'm super high on him. Um have you seen I the think, clips of him like hitting pull up threes and stuff? Dude, when I saw that, I was like, okay, this this kid is definitely working cuz like you could tell in Detroit like how they were using him just like any other typical role big. And I think this year, if he's able to stretch the floor as along with like Isaiah Stewart, for example, um, I think you're going to have a really dynamic and big team, you know, like Detroit's like a pretty large team. Uh, it's kind of intimidating to kind of drive to the hole with like whoever's there. Even I know Stewart's a little undersized, but he's, he's a tough motherfucker. So when you kind of have those big guards, big wings, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about Thompson as we like preview towards players and stuff, but I think there are going to definitely be some hiccups, but it's going to be really entertaining to kind of see the pieces flow. And I'm just excited to watch Cade run the show. I was really, really sad that he got injured last year. Very unfortunate because I thought Detroit could have could have really made some moves, you know, like along with like the Orlando teams, like, you know, these really young teams. And I think it just got kind of got stalled, but I think it was really good, um, you know, for like Jaden Ivy to get some minutes to really run the show at times, you know what I mean? And now that he's going to be able to kind of play the two, uh, it's going to be a really fun team. I think it'll be, yeah. there'll be a pretty good transition team too. I think it'll be kind of a fast paced team. Definitely. I think they're going to be the, f- mm. Maybe Portland will be just because it's local, but I was going to say they will be the funnest team that doesn't win 30 games this year. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Because the Lions got them at 28 and a half wins, and I'm going under on that. Um, I'm pretty sure this team won 17 17 or 19 games last season. You don't think Cade wins you eight? Well, no, eight to 10. Okay, don't think about it, dude. Cade adds six wins, and you're still four wins away from going over. Yeah, exactly. Or five. I mean, it's, it's pretty tough. It's pretty tough. So I just think, I mean, I just think like even 28 wins is like improvement, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and what I'm really excited, I'm really, really excited about Monty Williams coaching the team too. That's oh, something yeah. I know I didn't, I didn't hear you mention because right. throughout his kind of like tenure, right, as an NBA head coach, he's he's been, you know, an associate head coach, assistant coach at like many other stops. But his main head coaching roles, he coached the tail end of like the cp3 new orleans hornets new orleans pelicans right before Mm -hmm. they got anthony davis and he coached the anthony davis drew holiday team for a few years right um then he went and coached uh with the sixers for a little bit as a assistant and then went to the suns where he coached another team with like dynamic guards to a lot of success right until just this last season like i think back to mainly like the bubble suns Right. I mean, do you remember that undefeated eight no run where they almost made the playoffs? 
in the that bubble. That was the most miraculous. That was one of the was, craziest runs ever. Yeah, with like Devin, yeah. obviously Devin Booker, but like TJ Warren, right? It was like guy like DeAndre Ayton was playing out of his mind. Cam Johnson, McCall, Cam Johnson, like, right? Yeah, McCall, it was, so it's like it all awesome. those guys, right? Yeah. So I that kind of got me thinking, right? That like he's always been a good culture builder. Like you see him, his teams win twenty games, twenty eight games, and then it's forty games, right? It's like really bad year you know we're turning this around and then boom we're in like we're a real nba team it's it's really quick it's two seasons every single time um and i the big reason that i think i, I kind of went down a monty williams rabbit hole i'm not gonna lie oh go uh, ahead. i uh i did a lot of like research into the sort of like offensive system that he puts in place and i think that has a big impact on why young guards and just like young wings young teams are successful in it and it's, it's all read and react they don't really run like they have sets obviously right but they don't really like run plays in the way that like, i think a lot of like basketball fans think that teams do they're like purely read and react and for players like cade cunningham right who you were like i agree with everything you said just like, i i could gush over him right mm-hmm. um Jaden Ivey, another really smart guy who like grew up right with a WNBA mom, like just kind of yep. grew up around the game. Um, then you add Asar Thompson. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Duran. Jalen Duran was another like top high school player coming out, went to Memphis. Um, like all of it, dude. Like all of it is just like actually really smart players who were not put in any position to succeed for the first one, two, three years of their career. And now they actually will be. So like I think all of the like exciting kind of points that you made totally agree with, but also just from like a an impact winning basketball sort of standpoint, they will be better. Yeah. Like they will be in a lot more games. I think this is a team that will cover a lot of spreads. You know, um, mm-hmm. kind of like the Orlando Magic of last year, right? Um, where they may actually be good towards the second half of the season. Um, the only thing I'm like really worried about is can they play defense? And that's where like Jalen Duran comes in. The last two years, they were 24th and 28th in defense. So we shall see because the team is really the same. They added like Osar Thompson, Jay, um, James Wiseman to be there for a whole season. But like that's really the only big differences. So mm-hmm. we'll just kind of see if they can hold their own. Young teams usually aren't good at defense, so that'll yeah, probably exactly. be helpful. I mean, it takes it takes time to build the chemistry of like rotations, like. Mm-hmm. You know, like for me, I've never like played basketball and sometimes looking at the court from a bird's eye point of view, you're like, oh, of course you could have made that rotation. Right. But in reality, the game is so quick, like you're only a millisecond away from making a bad defensive play. And, you know, they just need more time to gel, I think, you know, and that's kind of where I think Cade really comes in being kind of just like the coordinator on the floor a little bit. And he's fucking tall. You can see everything. So it's just nice to have him on the floor. I hope that when we start doing our um, our uh, wheel, right? We mm-hmm. start spinning the wheel for for different weeks. I hope we don't get them too early. Oh, I know. I mean, I'm gonna be watching their games throughout the season, but I when we do our deep dive on them, I want that to be at a point where they've had that time, right? You know, oh, right. we can kind of have a a more fair assessment of where they're at. But. I'm glad we got to talk some Pistons for a little bit. I'm kind yeah, of I'm I'm fucking juiced. I'm juiced on the Pistons. I'm glad. I'm, I'm happy. I think I'm going to buy a... Um, there's two jerseys I think I'm going to buy before the end of the year. I think I'm getting a uh, Austin Reeves. Gold. Oh, yeah. Mm. And then I think I'm going to get a uh, a Sar Thompson Pistons. 
Oh, that's crazy. Either that I or still... Jalen Duran. I think Jalen, Jalen Duran. Dude, I think Jalen Duran would be hard. I think this year my goal is to get an Edwards jersey. Uh, I like that. I just it's a good I, pick. I can't. I love him too much, man. He's you don't want just... Kyle Anderson? <laughs> <laughs> I love how he's wearing glasses now. Like he's he wearing glasses. Looks... Now? Yeah, you know, like I love it, dude. It, he looks so ridiculous. Um, like playing. You know what we'll it's have amazing. to do? Maybe one time for one of these episodes, we'll have to do like our our starting five of our like. I irrationally love that guy. Oh yeah. Okay. Because so Kyle down. Anderson's like my first pick. <laughs> so Just like because he went to UCLA. So his forehead is so big. <laughs> it's like all that basketball IQ is literally protruding out of his forehead. <laughs> it's like mega mind out there. Yeah, mega mind out there. I love him, dude. Great player. <laughs> um, but all right, let's uh let's move on to kind of that that play-in sort of tier and i'll throw mm. a team out and then maybe you can pick one and we'll we'll yeah. do like one or two minutes on yeah, each yeah, of these yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah um i'm gonna try and go for like my most surprising but firmly in the middle this one's kind of jumping out to me what place by the way what what place by the way this is uh at nine okay okay i'll do my nine team too then How about okay that? yeah unless it's the same i That'd have the orlando funny. magic Ooh, okay. Okay. So, who'd you have nine? Out of curiosity. Indiana. Okay, I have Indiana eight. And I almost was going to pick them. I have Orlando at eight. Let's go. Okay, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, that's great. I'm glad I'm glad you bring up um, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Because uh, let's actually start there. Because you got me okay. excited for Indiana sure. now. Sure. That is my next lock. What is the over? So I had just to recap. I had Houston. I I, I these just to make sure whoever knows what lock means. Like as soon as this is done recording, I'll show you. I'm gonna put money on these. Um, I've got Rockets over 31 and a half wins, and adding to that list, we're gonna go over 38 and a half wins on the Indiana Pacers. I think that is so low. I would actually lock that in too. 38 wins. They need 39 to hit it. Okay, yeah, I know. But, but that's, I see this I see this team crazy. easily winning 40 games, probably over 500. You know? Like and a lot a big part of that is because of Halliburton and I actually looked at like how they played up until his injury last year. Um, oh, they were amazing. Yeah, they played it was two games over 500 um last year until uh, up to the point that Halliburton got hurt. So like you if you just look at that, right? I think the team got better already, right? right? Adding Bruce Brown, adding Obi Toppin, and improved Benedict Matherin, like all those pieces. But then you have like you actually have your healthy team back, and your healthy team was already playing 500 ball. It's like right. this is kind of like a no brainer. And I also need to make sure that they're locked because I came out real hot in our preseason preview last last year, saying they were going to be the worst team in the league. I so, know, I do remember <laughs> like I that. Need to, dude. Win myself some Indiana fans right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, I just like, I just think they're fucking good. Like, you, they're a solid team. And when you look at it like, uh, for a long time, they, they were a team that never picked in the lottery. Like, they never, ever had top picks. It's because they were always good. It's not because they were trading them away. So, uh, like, last year when they picked Matherin, that was kind of a blip where they were that bad. Um, and I think we're just kind of right back to it. Like, I don't see any reason that they shouldn't be 
in the play-in playing 500 ball. Mm. I'm right there with you, man. Uh, I think Tyrese Halliburton, you could argue, in my opinion, I think he's a top five point guard. Um, leading the yeah, but yeah, it's like that's uh, uh, that's you're not saying nothing. Yeah, okay, because like I, I mean, I don't know. I think I think people kind that's of that's a top three, man. Make a make a make a claim. Make a claim. <laughs> that's fair. Stand your ground, dude. I love Tyrese leading the league in assists before injury. Um, you know, Indiana last year, I think they were at least top three in fast break points. They're such a fast team with Tyrese leading the charge. And what I like about their offense is there isn't a lot of bullshit. It is real quick decisions, drop-off passes, penetration, three-point shooting, right? But you're running the floor. And what I like about it is when you have a point guard that is a willing passer and is a very reasonable shooter, I mean, like, dude, it's like, I don't know if I could really compare the games at all, but it's I feel like the pace is very much like Steve Nash type shit. You know, Suns, where it's push pace, roll to the rim or get a three-pointer, and I think I think the leagues like that today a lot. They want to promote that. But in terms of personnel, like you have players that can really run down the floor. And I mean, Miles definitely books it too. It's nice to have those kinds of things. And when Tyrese got acquired, he said one of the biggest things that he wanted to focus on over the period of time that you know he's going to be in um, Indiana is trying to get Miles to roll more to the rim. Because Miles is a good three-point shooter, but to add that rim pressure too gives bigger looks to, and better looks for his whole team. Now that they're all together and healthy, and with the acquisitions, like you said, I mean, Obi's going to be. I Obi think is Obi can have. Yeah, no, I mean he's going to get he's going to get six to eight fast break points a game, easy. You know, I mean, there's nobody stopping him. So I, I, that's why I'm just so high on them because, you know, in my notes. I basically said with Indiana is like they will win three to five games just outrunning motherfuckers. You know, yeah, they're a probably. young and hungry team, you know, and they're just going to outpace play- players and other teams. I mean, it's just it's just hard to stop Indiana in the fast break. And I think that wins you games. No, for sure. Yeah. Um, and let's just kind of flip over to the other team, right? Orlando oh, yeah. that you mentioned, right? Um, oh, another team that I'm over on their win total. Their win total was 37 and a half. Um, and just to kind of note there, um, so it's similar to Indiana, right? Mm-hmm. This team, um, if you flip it, right, Indiana was really good with Tyrese Halliburton up through December, and then he got hurt um, right before the new year. Um, Orlando was easily the worst team in the NBA until December, where they went 29-31 and 31 in their last 60 games. That's like no small sample size. They are a 40-42 and 42 type of team, you know? if you take into account most of last season. Um, And in that run, you had, I think, about a three-week stretch where Paolo Bancaro didn't make a three-pointer. Yeah. And they were still playing well. So, like, that's another guy. I I think, um, in addition to Jabari, I I really do think those two guys are going to be all-stars. I could see Paolo being an all-star this year. Paolo will be an all-star. I'm not, that's not, I don't even think that that's, like, crazy like he already made team usa he was a 20 point per game guy like he's already on the track you know mm-hmm. um and he's just like he's he's the guy you know like you you watch him play he's fucking huge like you can tell like that everyone looks to him as a leader love franz wagner 
Um, only other thing I'm like kind of watching Orlando for just to point out, like I just want to see how Jalen Suggs does in his third year because yeah, I think I'm still like firmly on Jalen Suggs Island. I love him, big fan. But after, if it, like this whole season goes by and he's still kind of the same type of player, you know, then maybe the the ship is kind of sold um, on what what we thought he would be coming out of the draft. So. Right. That's one thing I'm keeping an eye on. But they're not like they don't really need to worry at that position. So it's, that's more my concern yeah. than Orlando. I was going to say dude, right? the guard depth of this team is like pretty solid. I mean, Markel leading the helm, he's probably going to be your starting point guard. I think Anthony but Black then, is going to be really good too. Dude, I was going to say dude, this year, I mean, they got two lottery picks. I mean, they got Anthony Black and Jet Howard, I think. I think Jet Howard's a bust. You think Jet Howard's a bust? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's he's tall as fuck. Plays like tweener guard forward position. We'll see if that. I think I weigh more than him. Really? I don't know. He's like, I'm just. I don't know how much he weighs. He's two fifteen. There's no way that guy's two hundred fifteen pounds. That's what he's listed as. There's Um, literally no way. The guy looks like no way. (laughs) Fucking beanpole. Right, Um, and. Uh, but it's, it's good. I just, it's good. I just, I just don't really see it. It's nothing like I'm. I mean, I'm making jokes and stuff. But like, I just, I, I remember watching him when we were doing the draft stuff last year, and mm-hmm. I just don't see it. Don't see it. Well, yeah. even with that being said, they still got Anthony Black. I really like Wendell Carter Jr. I think Chicago's still fucking pissed. Jonathan Isaac coming back too. Yep. Yep. And you know, yeah. Terrence Ross has been saying before he ended up. He's in Phoenix now, right? Like he was talking about how absolutely insane Jonathan Isaac is and how a lot of people are not giving him his respect because he's been injured, but like one of the most athletic freaks in the NBA coming back. I think they have such versatility on the kind of wing front court positions. And I mean, the fact that you kind of have your pseudo point forward Paulo at 6'10", that in itself is just crazy. Now, if there was a world where, you know, Anthony Black somehow started as a point guard did, that is like Toronto level size. Oh, it'd be crazy. It's, it's, I mean, it's insane, dude. And I mean, like, I think they're, dude, I can't believe Franz is 6'10. That's just, that's just freaky to me, you know? Paolo's, like, Paolo's taller than 6'10, too. There's no way. Yeah, he's I mean, he's, Listed as 6'10", but he's really like 6'11". He's got to be 7 feet tall. Yeah, so you kind of look at that team and you're just like, they had a lot of success towards the end of the season. And what I think the biggest indicator was, you did bring it up, is there was, at the start of the season, just because I was able to keep up Apollo, I drafted him in our Keepers League, right? In the beginning of the season, he was really hot. Like, super unstoppable, really. Um he wasn't shooting threes as much as we said he he went through kind of a three-point shooting slump but the the creation that he was able to get in the paint was just truly effective but then kind of towards the middle of the season he kind of hit a wall there were there were teams actually stopping him and he couldn't get to the places that he wanted to get to on the floor but then towards the end of the season it's almost like something kind of unlocked in his brain. Like he kind of figured out what he can and cannot do. And they started playing better. 
And that's what I really like to see is like he didn't hit a stalemate. Like he kind of figured out how to be the focal point of the offense and get his teammates involved. And that's like a sign of a like a great young leader. I think him and Markel together is just like a perfect fit. Like I love Markel too, you know. He's his absolute mm-hmm. unit. No, I'm I'm completely with you. All right, let's uh let's recap like our fifteen to eight and then okay. and then walk through our, our top teams in the east. Okay. We'll kinda close out here. Yeah. So fifteen in the east. Washington. Easy. Yeah, yeah. easy. <laughs> uh, uh, do you want to know what I wrote down on my notes for, for Washington? Please. I think, and I really do think DraftKings should put this out as something people should bet on. I think Jordan Poole is going to average more points than Washington will have wins. Oh, shit. Like, yeah, if Jordan Poole averaged like 27. Yeah, they're over, well, they're over under 24 and a half. So. Oh yeah, no, that that's Easy. a fun bet. Oh my god, DraftKings sponsor us. Um, uh, <laughs> so fourteen. I think we both had the Pistons. No, I had Charlotte. Oh okay, you had you had Pistons thirteen then. Mm-hmm. So I, I had, had Charlotte thirteen. Mm. Um, twelve. Chicago. I had Toronto. Ch- okay. I had Chicago eleven. Okay. Okay. Um, at eleven, I had Brooklyn. Okay. So I'm assuming you had Chicago 10. Uh, no, so I, had I had Chicago 12. I had Chicago 12. Oh, sorry. Toronto then 12, 10? Yeah, I had Toronto 10. Okay. So I have Brooklyn 10. So we got the same three, just different order. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we flipped Magic and Pacers. So I had yeah. Magic 9, Pacers 8, yours is flipped. Yep. Um, let's just run it all the way up. Fuck it. Okay. Kind of getting excited. Good. Yeah. Seven? Miami. Okay, I went New York. I had Miami oh. six. Okay. Are you oh you're surprised by the New York one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well um, we'll, we'll we'll put a pin in that. I'll okay. tell you. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know why. Uh, okay. Miami six. Did you have six? Atlanta. Okay. I'm like one ahead of you on everything. I had Atlanta five. Okay. Did you have five? Philly. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you put New York in the top four? That's crazy. Uh, I had Philly four. I'm assuming New York four for you. No, I had Cleveland at four. Wow. Yeah. I had Cleveland three. And then did you go Celtics, Bucks, or Bucks, Celtics? Um. Well, at three, I had New York. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I figured. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I got process then, of elimination. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then I went... I went Boston, Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee's gonna have the number to see this year. Okay, I went. I flipped it. I went Celtics one. Mm, I could see that too. I could see that too. It's, yeah. it's the the top two are kind of hard. Can this I say year. the okay? Let's like to put a pin in a couple of those. Right. The only reason I go Milwaukee two, Celtics one, is a uh, new head coach has never been a head coach before for Milwaukee. Right. Adrian Griffin. Only reason. No. Their their depth sucks both of them like the same way i feel about denver they're sixth best player for both of them i mean not for milwaukee because they have bobby portis but like sucks for both of them peyton it's like peyton pritchard and bobby portis yeah i mean sam hauser maybe i do think though for milwaukee though i do think marjan bochamp's gonna have a good year yeah i mean i think he'll be fine Mm -hmm. but that guy can't shoot 
I know, yeah, I know. And then and then you kind of look down. It's like, oh, Cameron Payne. Yeah, <laughs> I just like these guys. These, these like really good. It, it's. I feel like we're back in like 2013 again, like with a big three era. Right. Like these. It's like these teams. There's gonna be a lot of injuries this year. I don't want to be like negative about it, but like there's so many factors that just scream stars getting hurt mm-hmm. because they have like the new rest policy. You got to play 65 games for the awards and all the teams are top heavy again. So it's just weird. But um, let's go back to New York. I, mm-hmm. this, is, this is like a uh, Dallas. This is the probably in the East. This is like that version, the one we're the, the most far off on. Right. So uh, can I assume, and I'm assuming the reason you even put them ahead of Cleveland is because of the playoffs. Um, or did you just do it because I feel well, like it? I kind of felt like it. I don't. I wasn't really because this was mainly just for regular season projections. I mean, I just like some of the acquisitions. Like I like Divincenzo. I like quickly and Grimes together. I think Jalen Brunson's still going to have a great year. I don't think there's going to be like a huge difference from his year last year. Well, okay, so that the fact that you bring that up, that's literally the reason why I'm down on them. It's mm. because of their coach. Their coach has a pattern. Yeah, Thibodeau. Every single year that they have a good year, they're they might not even finish under five hundred because that's his that's his pattern. Like I guarantee you, I, again I don't wish this right, but they're gonna deal with injuries because they just played all their they like they ran Randall into the ground last year, yeah. right? And they ran Brunson into the ground last year. I know both Robinson of them played made- almost thirty six minutes per game. Yeah. Both of them played almost forty minutes per game in the playoffs. And both of them came out mangled. And the guy is going to fucking do it again. And the team did not really get any better. Like, it's the same team. It's the exact same team. Yeah, I like the Knicks. You look at it, every other team got better around them. Right. Right. And they're going to have to deal with the same shit. Like, so I just, I don't, I don't, I just don't see how it could possibly be better than last year. Everything went well for them last year. That's why they had, like, the the season that they did. Like Barrett, Barrett played the best season he ever did. Shot the best he ever did. It was the perfect scenario for Brunson. He didn't really get hurt all season until the playoffs. Like Randall, until the playoffs, was like showing that he was Julius Randall again, right? Yep, all star looking at yeah, all star like all that. But like, dude, so they have two guys. Think about the new rules, right? You can't rest guys like one year, even if they like, even if Thibodeau wanted to, because they were both all stars last year. Boy, Brunson wasn't an all star. Uh uh, he wasn't. Okay. So maybe they'll be fine. But if they, they'd be fucked if they were both all stars because of the rest policy, where one of like they couldn't both sit for a game. Right. So, like, all of that, I just think they're kind of going to get boned. Like, because it's and the other thing that I'm like a little nervous about. I really like Emmanuel quickly, but like when we saw him just kind of disappear in the playoffs, that was kind of a bad sign. Mm. I I think the what I'm looking forward to really is having like two tweener guard forwards with DiVincenzo and Hart out there. I think at times like the nice thing is going to be like if they can get 
quick like turnovers, kind of get easy buckets. I'm that's it's what not I, this I mean. Team, I like though. it. That's I know not it's this not team. this. I mean, I like it though. I think I think they're one of the slowest just, teams. They get one of the, some of the least amount of points in transition. Transition. I know. I'm just hoping that those two, because I'm just really high on Divincenzo and Hart. I think that's just like nice versatility to have when you have like players that can guard one through three. And I think it's going to be sexy. Maybe I'm just a high on the Knicks. Ooh, sexy is not a word I would be using to describe New mm. York Knicks basketball, Andy. Mm. Let's be careful. No, Let's I be know. really careful here. I know. I know. This I is just... take your lunch pail into the factory type of basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we'll see. We'll see. This I'm just... blue collar work. It definitely a blue collar team. It's. It's fun. I, I'm just super high on the Knicks this year. I, I have a good feeling about them. Tom Thibodeau would probably make you run suicides if he heard you say his team was sexy. Sexy. I know. <laughs> Fucking asshole. Um, but, yeah, I'm, ex- but no, I'm dude, excited for think, the Knicks. Like here. And I actually kind of did it. I, I did a little, uh, like, really surface level. Just kind of looking at the the ping pong and kind of yo-yo that the Knicks do. Right? Right. Or, or even Thibodeau teams do. Right? But when you go, I'm gonna just keep pulling it up in basketball reference. It might take me a sec. Um, but last season, right? Good season. Good season, 47 and 35. Right. The season before, they were 37 and 45 because the season before that, they finished fourth in the fourth in the East, and they were four. It was a shortened season, right? 41 and 31. Ran everyone into the ground. Let me read the minutes real quick. Ran ever uh, Julius Randle played 38 minutes per game. Uh, a year two RJ Barrett played 35 minutes per game, and then outside of that, they just kind of sucked, right? But that team was really good, like way better than they should have been. That was like Julius Randle's crazy year, you know? Yeah. And then they can't, they could not come back from it with a way better team on paper. They did way worse and played with the 29th pace in the league. Which kind of backs all the theory up. So I just like in last year, twenty fifth in pace. Because you can't play, you can't play twenty fifth in pace with the nineteenth best defense. That's what I always struggle with with these type of teams. Like if you're gonna slow the game down, you got to be preventing the other team from scoring. That's the whole mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. So I just I kind of think last year was the fluke, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think especially in the regular season, teams like. Um, like Cleveland, I actually wrote down like, wouldn't be surprised if we get like 55 games through. Like we're at All Star break, and like Cleveland is the one seed in the East because the Celtics are still meshing with their new guys, the Bucks are still meshing with their new guys, and they run the Twin Towers and out rebound every team in the regular season, even though it didn't really work for them in the playoffs. Like right. they won 50 games last year. They got a closer. They kind of got two closers and Garland and Mitchell short up the wing with Max Struess and have Mobley and Allen. Like I, dude, I love Cleveland's starting lineup. Not gonna lie, I feel like one of my favorite teams in two K to play with right now. I feel like, oh man, because almost everybody can shoot. Everyone can shoot. Like they out rebound every team, probably. Yeah, I mean, I think this year the biggest question with Cleveland, why have them fourth? I think, and this is predicated on the fact that I don't think Harden's gonna play. Okay, I, I, I just made the standings assuming. The teams start as they are today. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, that Philly's kind of the only team where it was just kind of like, I just don't think Harden's going to play. So that's uh, yeah. where I'm Philly's. Gonna, Philly, I literally, my only bullet point is no clue how to predict what's going on in this team. 
Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's just um, I just picked I put them in the top four because they kind of have to be in the top four if it's the current team. Right, right, exactly. If it's current team, I mean James Harden and Embiid's going to win you at least forty games. And a better games. Tyrese Maxey and like mm-hmm. you know Tobias Harris. Yeah, exactly, still exactly. I think Cleveland, dude. This year it's all dependent on Evan Mobley, man. I Evan Mobley has to show something, um, offensively. It he just will. looked like he will. Last year, it was just like it I felt like disappointing. I was just like, "Damn!" It's like I don't want to say he was useless, but it was like there was no gravity towards him. You know what I mean? We were projecting him to, to like get double teamed. It's only know? because he didn't couldn't he couldn't, couldn't shoot. shoot from range yet. No, no. So and, like, if uh, we see any of it, yeah. I mean, if, if he even shows like two, three, two to three three pointers a game, like Dude, attempted, we, even if we see him like know? comfortable standing in the corner. We didn't even see yeah. that. So yeah, exactly. See, see, see so that's that. my huge question with um, the Cavs this season because I think Mobley is one of those players that can really tip something in the Eastern Conference. You know, like Mobley can make or break anywhere from Cleveland being a top three team to being like five or six, maybe. You know, yeah. that's just kind of my huge question with Cleveland. Well, the the one thing I want to point out, like just in support of Cleveland. It's kind of in support and it's a backhanded compliment, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, if you remember back to the playoffs, right? Like using that series against the Knicks as kind of like an, an indicator for the regular season this year. Um, do you remember like, it wasn't the bigs. Like I know that a lot was made about how like, you know, they have the bigs and they'll be able to out rebound um, New York and that's their big strength, you know? And th- like that didn't work. Right. Mm-hmm. So like, but it really wasn't the bigs that, lost them the series garland and mitchell stopped scoring completely yeah M- mitchell had like, a these were these were games series. these were games yeah. in the 80s and 90s as far as team totals and the guards for cleveland were like routinely shooting 10 of 35 combined yeah. so like that's what i mean dude like there's a lot of stuff that like kind of led to like some fluke one on one side like fluky impressions of how good new york was but also like what Cleveland is capable of because they even like they add Max Drews, they add even more perimeter attention. Right. Right. That's, I know. Well, I think for the underrated acquisitions, that'll be next episode. Right. But like, we'll talk more Max Drews. <laughs> yeah. And that one, but let's do a, uh, any other like thoughts? Any other teams? Because we're kind of wrap it. I kind of was thinking nah. we'll we'll wrap nah, it up. I think I'm, we we the... can go into much more detail. These are just previews, you know. Yeah, let's do all right. Final predictions then. Mm. Um, we don't need to do like games or anything like that. But let's just say the one I do have is like to the two teams matching up in the finals. If you had to, if you had to give one right now, give mm. me the matchup and the winner. I think. It's Milwaukee and the Lakers, and I think Milwaukee wins. All right. Oh. Um, I might just start predicting this like every year until it happens, but I'm gonna go Boston Lakers, Lakers in seven. <laughs> That's I, great. I, I don't. I mean, I, I. It's kind of a joke, but it's also not. Right. No. 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 I. I know you're serious about it because, yeah. dude, we haven't really gone because obviously Blazers and Lakers are our teams. We will go into depth at some point about how goddamn good the Lakers look. Uh, it's kind of freaky. I, the only reason why I undersold them in the regular season 
is because it is, you know, it's shown they that won't like they won't care. They don't care about matchups in the playoffs. They'd rather stay healthy, right? Mm-hmm. If the That's Lakers go in thing. healthy, if they if they're healthy, man, I mean, they will give any team in the NBA a run for their money. Because I'm sure you've seen, but dude, D'Lo looks like he's about to be an All Star type level player like for him it's it's just fucking beautiful and then reeves and just all the off-season acquisitions i'm just like this team's like mega perfect you know like no it's good that's the only reason i didn't want to bring him up because we're going to talk about him a lot so a lot yep we don't need him in this this can be about other teams other other guys right exactly exactly but uh any any other stuff you want to highlight i think we're 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 pretty good from from a team standpoint Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. So next week, um, we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, you're listening to it probably on Tuesday. Um, so that will be the schedule for this season upcoming. So we'll re- we'll be recording one more preview pod uh, this next Sunday, the 22nd. Get another one out to you guys uh, the following Tuesday. And by that point, we'll be we'll be watching regular season action. So yes, sir. More to come from from 808s and Fast Breaks. Thank you all for listening. Peace out. Peace.